What's up, what's up? Another Tuesday, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm your spoon with William Webb. How's it going, sir? Good, good. Another Tuesday, another week of no Premier League action, so I've been... Well, some Premier League, one game action. One game for them all in a world where David Moyes is the manager. I don't know what comes after that. No. I'm already in rare form. That's not good. <laughs> that was pretty rare form. But <laughs> first things first, we do got to pay our respects to one of the greatest athletes that's ever lived, in my opinion, at least, um, Kobe Bryant. A very sad demise on Sunday, along with eight other people. Helicopter crash, along with his daughter. Pretty upsetting. It's... I... I'm both angry and glad that you started with this so I can go ahead and get my fucking emotions out of the way. Yep. Um, so, I've had to be honest with everybody with this. Kobe was the first great villain of sports to me because my friend Brett was a massive Lakers fan and more so a massive Kobe fan. And Kobe used to just trash everybody, including all those times he was supposed to trash cast and didn't. And watching him play, I was just like, he's so good, it frustrates the fuck out of me. And then later on, especially like that last game, <coughs> that last game, all of a sudden I kind of realized like, holy shit, this dude was basketball for the longest time. And I said it earlier and it's like the weirdest thing in the world to me. As soon as I heard it, I was just like, I kind of want to like pick up and go play a game. Like, I feel like it's stupid of me to say, but the best way to honor his legacy is to carry on and kind of spread the word of basketball. So, bruh, I'm like... And I said this earlier, I'm a fucking Lakers fan all season, and I want them to win real bad, and I, I, I'm, it's getting me choked up even thinking about it. I don't know if I'm ready for that first Lakers game, man, because I'm not, it's not going to be good, and it's going to be something I'm going to have to watch alone in the basement, or actually probably next to Allison while she tells me it's okay, because it's... (laughs) If you can't tell, we're not all here today, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the crazy parts is very few people have ever transitioned from absolute stardom to, you know, retirement. Yeah. Michael Jordan came back and, like, there are always greats who just miss that competitiveness. Yeah. And the drive. And he just used that drive to, you know, coach his kid. Yeah. Who also sadly was with him, and you know it. Th- and that's the sad part because they, I, we feel like there was so much to come from him, yeah. and uh, so it is pretty sad. And I mean, for a generation, like for my generation, he was our Jordan. So you know, I like. So if you like, my friends are probably laughing at me right now because they're just like, "But you hated Kobe." If, See, if, like, the if thing he's is, not the greatest of all time. If it's not Jordan, it's Kobe. Like, there's no argument I mean, now. I, I don't, I don't want to have that argument because... I don't need to hear fucking... One of those things that Sunday made me realize was like, let's just appreciate greatness and stop comparing things. Yeah. And on top of that, it's... I think Kobe, just as what he did overall from when he was a rookie to his final game... It was just an arc of like this high school kid that just grew up in front of everybody and, you know, 
you can talk about those three rings you can talk about 81 points you can talk about 2008 loss and then the redemption in 2009 and 10 and you know when people rupture an Achilles like they can't stand he came back and took through free throws yeah so as great as players come and I think you saw it even Neymar and everybody when they found out it was I think like the sports world in general just like stood still for a second and were like okay I think one thing I'll say on Kobe as again the American guy um, his connection to the world of soccer Kobe was just like yeah I love AC Milan yeah I love Barcelona and all of a sudden dudes in the hood were like well I guess it's okay to like soccer now and that's something that like if you're a soccer fan and you want to be like why should I care about Kobe a lot of people who you're standing there cheering the matches on along with thought it was cool because Kobe thought it was cool and I like that's the that was the like one of the things I loved the most is that he was just like yeah basketball's great but also this game is great um and also yeah I'm gonna be following AC Milan this season too because those are his boys and I I don't know if I'd go that far I mean I I will but (laughs) I, I think yeah it's a sad demise and it tells you how um fragile life can be so hug everyone you know keep them close it's not worth it to have all the built-in anger i guess yeah so go hug somebody go talk to people you haven't in a long time and always remember to appreciate greatness when you see greatness having said that moving into the one premier league game this week west ham united hosting Liverpool Football Club, West Ham at plus 800. Liverpool at minus 315. Draw at plus 475. Sir, how are you feeling? So, <laughs> can I get $1,000 or can I get 100 100 Damn it. I'm just going to do the same thing anyway. $100 to Liverpool. I have no doubt in my mind that we will win this match. Uh, quite frankly, I just want to embarrass David Moyes because... Because, honestly, my favorite Luis Suarez moment is him diving in front of David Moyes. I mean, y'all ain't got to repeat it because he's kind of a racist piece of trash. But if someone did it again, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> like, I don't – this West Ham team doesn't inspire me to want to pick them right now against this Liverpool team. They still have better performances in them. They'll have them going forward. This is not going to be one of them. Well, um, I'm going to go with my $100 on West Ham just because – that's fair. <laughs> I think plus eight hundred just the value. I mean, I mean, just for yeah, for the, I could get a Big Mac, but I'd rather get four double cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's yeah. what that sounds like to me. Pretty much. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that being the only Premier League game, I think the upcoming weekend on Thursday we will recap. Um, I guess preview all the games. Hopefully, Braden's with us at that point. Yes. To talk to us about those but we do have certain storylines that have happened in the Premier League over the last couple of I guess days since we last recorded the podcast that we would love to talk about um, a lot of chatter still about Pochettino mm-hmm. and um, to Manchester United that is Allegri still without a job who do you think ta- like becomes the next United manager if Solskjaer gets fired uh, if Ole is going to go uh, Pochettino seems like a guy who I don't want to say he's ready-made for that job but I think he's someone honestly 
y'all need someone who the who the support can like who the supporters can get behind and i think people can get behind Pochettino. you saw that emotion that kind of belief and like that. feeling when he had tottenham like if he if he does that in front of you guys and they can play well and play the kind of brand of football he was able to do with what Tottenham had, you know what's a big, you know what's going to be the big change of why Ole is going to be able to play his football now. Just just lay it on me because Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> I think uh, that that could be a big big transfer. I think for Manchester United season with all the injuries with everything. I think if nothing else, he can create a couple more chances. And even with how badly injury-riddled this team has been, they're only six points behind Chelsea um, for the top four spots. So I think there's something to play for. I think break comes at a perfect time for them. And that would definitely allow them to make sure um, in case, you know, there was any confusion about if Solskjaer was going to get backed, I think he's getting kind of backed by getting the player that everybody knows the team needs. I think if Pogba comes back and McTominay comes back by March, you're looking at a maybe a top four run if they're still within ten points. So I th- I think you will be. I think it'll be. I think I think it's just shit, like every as I said, all those teams are. I guess shit would not be the right word to use. I would say mediocre. And that's that's better. <laughs> and I think I mean that those four or five teams in there. So and I think Leicester City today, getting absolutely stunned by um, Aston Villa at Villa Park, they're kind of also unraveling under Brendan Rodgers right now. So, uh, is it too soon to go? Hey, Brendan, you did this for a little bit. Like they wouldn't just snatch the keys from the homie Brendan like no, that, would they? I mean, I I think he. I don't he, think they will, but like I think if they finish Europa, you can't really change. Like, w- oh. what are you gonna take it away from him? Because like, did you really expect they were gonna get Champions League this year when the season started? I mean, that's the. I think like that's a that's a weird question because like that answer lies within the ambitions of the of the Leicester ownership. Like, do they like do they believe that Brendan Rodgers is a top flight manager who can get them over the hump, or do they go, you know what, Brendan, you did a real good. <laughs> I'm thinking of like when you're dating someone. It's like you know what you were really good for this like two weeks that I just wasn't with anybody, but I met this girl who's perfect. So deuces. See you on the flip side. If it doesn't work out, keep my number. That's kind of what I feel like. Brendan Rodgers is like you super cute, but she's cuter and I need that more. So bye. If I get single again, I'll hit your DMs like that sort of deal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a wild comparison, but it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'll take it that far because I think there's still a realistic chance that some of these teams strike some form. And Arsenal are starting to remind me of Manchester United and the Solskjaer last year where things are starting to click. And I think they're about to go on a run. So that could get very interesting for them. And uh, Tottenham, with the couple of signings that they have made, they confirmed Lo Celso, they... Um, got Jetson, Jetson Fernandez. Yep. They got some uh, little boy striker from somewhere. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know what's his, what his name is, but he's supposed to be a very good prospect, like a very good player. Yeah. Right? So there's that. And so he's getting backed, which is very surprising because I think somewhere Pochettino is just like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, wh- where was this for me? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's very interesting that Spurs are backing Mourinho and maybe 
that is what Pochettino is, where he goes and sets the foundation for somebody else to come and succeed. So, so Pochettino's the two week before you get a girlfriend. Yeah. So <laughs> that's not even me trying to talk it back in. Like, that's just a really good comparison. Like he's the guy who comes in and is like, I'll build you something nice, but then you're not going to need me anymore. Cause I built the thing that's nice and you want someone else to have it. Yeah. So I think that could be the case with Pochettino. So Allegri, on the other hand, I don't quite know where he falls in this whole um, situation. I don't think. Does he fall back in England? I mean, he's never in England. For him to fall Does he back. fall in England? I suppose. The only realistic place would be if uh, Frank Lampard gets fired. Like, think about it, because nobody else is firing the manager anytime soon, or maybe he's waiting for Man City. Maybe. Do you? I think that depends. Because th- that's that's another like where that, does, that's a perfect segue for us to talk about Manchester City. Yeah. Because they haven't been at their very best, right? And yeah. so Sane is back today. Mm. You have um, Laporte who's back. All of a sudden, this team is gonna do bets again. They're about to probably absolutely destroy Manchester United tomorrow. And, um, I mean, if they don't, like, if, if we go through tomorrow, like, on Thursday, you would I'm see the n- biggest gloating piece of shit on me <laughs> in a very long time. But I don't think that is going to happen. So, United fans out there, keep your um, hopes really low. But City, if they go, go for the Champions League, I think the Real Madrid's a decent opponent for them. Yeah, you know, like Real's not playing very well, but getting their strength back when they are in the kind of form that Real Madrid is like is in. Granted, I think Zidane, Champions League knockouts. Like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, Eden yeah. Hazard. Oh man, good old chubby back. butt. <laughs> so I think I think they're gonna be okay. They're, they they went top of. Uh, the La Liga so yeah. I think pe- people need to realize that there's a chance like they might do a treble something like quadruple at this point because like they already won the King's Cup or whatever the fuck that's called it, the Copa del Rey no no not the Copa del yeah. Rey the other one I was like the, the Copa super, del Rey is the, the Super Cup. Copa or whatever oh, the, the Super Copa yeah that it was held in Saudi Arabia or whatever yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah I was like the Copa del Rey is the King's Cup I know a little bit of Spanish um, I think for, I think Pep right now is Champions League or bust um but like, what does Bust look like? Bu- does Bust look like he's leaving Man City? I hate that you asked me that because I don't, I don't want to give like, I don't want to give a bullshit yes just to be contrary. Because I think he's leaving it. Like, I, that's, like the, he's so, not so getting that, fired. That not, he's leaving. That's I think what I like. He I would mean, just be like, eh. He's never. He's n- nobody would ever have the balls to fire Pep Guardiola. So he has to leave under his own yeah own fruition. Heavy air quotes he and, does in front of the mic. And it just feels the Kool Aid that he's selling is just they're just not drinking it. It, it. Like, I feel like he struck while the iron's hot, and now it's time to now it's time to go back to Barcelona. Honestly, I mean, Barcelona. Some interesting times are coming because I think I think a lot of these former players are going to come back in like executive positions for Barcelona. It's the perfect. It, the, there is a mile perfect storm that Pep could. I don't even want to say that, bro, because two months from now, someone's going to come back on Twitter and be like, Will said it! <laughs> but I kind of, it feels like, it feels like... I, no, I, think, I think he'll go to um, the Italian league if he goes somewhere. So, Oh, so he, he's literally trying to conquer all of Europe. 
He's pull, he's pulling a Mourinho. Yeah, just I mean, but Mourinho actually won the Champions League with two decent teams. You know, <laughs> I not was having to spend millions and millions. The funny enough, the times he has spent millions, he never won the Champions League. It, he, the times he didn't like Porto, that was a decent enough team. They won it, and then you had uh, the Inter Milan team that he did not really spent a lot of money. So I think Mourinho can not like grow, but mold players to play specifically the way he wants them to. And Pep can do that too. I think Mourinho's a little bit better at it because I think Mourinho could do. You know, I think it, Mourinho could do it from a smaller. Like, Ma- scale. Mourinho is like Kobe Bryant, where if you if you love him, you agree with him, then you're gonna follow him to the to the death. Yeah, and I mean, I I I got you. Yeah, yeah. that is not how I meant it. <laughs> no, but on the other on the flip side, you have. Um, Pep Guardiola, who I think is a much better man manager, where he can go around and manage the guys a little bit more. As com- and so, like, you know, I guess a basketball comparison for that would be like a LeBron. It's yeah. not even LeBron, I guess, because he's also a piece of shit at times. I mean, he can't be a piece but, of shit to players who don't vibe with the way he vibes. Uh, I know we're getting into basketball talk, but like, it happened. Um, but I would say I do agree. Like, I think Pep is more of a man of the people, whereas Mourinho's like a. You follow my structure, my you way, die. My way. Yeah, you know that's how he's always been. Yeah, and uh, some, and I think that breeds a certain type of player where I think Pep kind of caters to whoever they put with him. Which means if you, if you plop like Pep, I mean, it's easy when like who you put in front of him are like all, you know, just like straight up studs, <laughs> except for the defense because like defense Laporte goes down, he's like Johnstones, you can't defend. <laughs> Otamendi, you can't like. How have, they spent so much, sent off. <laughs> how have they spent so much money on defense and without Laporte, like that defense just crumbled? Like, <laughs> was it, was Vincent Company like stewarding that? Into, like, was he, he the he, defensive the, I, coach? I, <laughs> I, I, I think he br- he brought a calmness when you're the leader, mm-hmm. and I think that is one of the things that Liverpool will look for Van Dijk in a couple of years, where he might not be playing every game by that point. But he would have to be the calming influence and like the captain to, you know. He's the person before you go onto the pitch. It's like, hey, everything's cool. Chill out, bro. So the, I think that's going to be very interesting to see for City who take those steps. But I think it's David Silva's last season for Man City. And um, Aguero looks like he might want to leave at the end of the season, maybe. Or, I mean, might just stay there for the rest of his career. But yeah. It could it's it's an end of an era when David Silva leaves with company already having left, and I think they will definitely try to go win the Champions League. I think yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to be able to do it. Honestly, I think I've said that multiple times on the show. I think this is the season where City finally overcome the hump and become the real thing no. we hated. Like, well, we'll see. But yeah. I think PSG is a team out there that will give them some serious trouble because PSG actually kind of made their team to win the Champions League this year. I, th- those are two... I feel like those are two teams who have kind of been built to have that European success who just don't. Yeah, but I mean, I think PSG this year. We'll see, though, how yeah. that goes. Yeah. But um, moving along, Euros coming up. Yeah. Who is your choice of a bold prediction of who might make it to the English national team? <sighs> Mark Noble. Shut up. And, and in case you're wondering, no, I'm not going to say Danny Ings either. Um, but I'm going to stick with that team. Redmond. Like, I don't... 
he, the dude, the when you think about that team, obviously you think about the person who has the most goals, and you think about the person who's kind of is Warp Bros English. Yeah. So Warp like there's this like there's this there's a word I'm looking for that I'm not going to try to attempt because it's 10:30 at night on a Tuesday. Um, but there's this group of mid table English guys who can all go if they want to. But like I'd. No, I, 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 I genuinely don't think if like Rashford and them come back fit, he's gonna make it as a winger. No, not at all. So, I mean, but it would be a. There's always one person who goes into the England squad like that's like that season based alone, and that should be Todd Cantwell. That's fine. I, that's he's that's completely fine. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. He's. Uh, He's played that attacking kind of midfield role, even though he plays more on the left. Yeah. I think if you put him a bit more centrally for England, right and behind where Dele Ali and Lingard have played before, I generally don't understand how people don't see him to be a better player than what he is. And if somebody picks him up, yeah, he's going to be a star. What do you? Uh, what would you say for up top? Um, I did. Harry Kane is obviously injured right now. He'll be back by then, we suppose. I don't think he should. <laughs> like, he's going to go because so, like, he's Draco Malfoy. It, it depends but. on their formation, right? Because like, if you're playing a four-two-three-one, then you need Harry Kane to be the kind of like the lone person up top. Yeah. But if you are playing that four-three-three kind of a situation, where like you have Henderson as the deep line guy, mm-hmm. and you have a little bit more creativity, I think you put. I genuinely will say you just put Sterling, Rashford, and uh, Sancho up top, and you have. Uh, that's that's a little too sexy for England, man. Stop that. <laughs> like, because at that point, all, all you're basically doing is like try to play the ball into space. Yeah. And Rashford can come a little bit short from time to time. Sancho can do that as well. Mm-hmm. And you like this is against smaller teams is what you do. And I think against bigger teams, they're gonna. I mean, I guess Kane, if he's on the team, he's gonna start anyway. So. Kane's, I guess, going to hold the ball up. You have Sterling running on one side, Sancho on the other. And it's weird because I think if the more Kane starts, the more it hinders Rashford's progress with the English team. So I completely agree. So like, I think that is going to be an interesting thing to look forward to. I think Tammy Abraham is also a prospect that could start, could, could come off the bench and score a couple of goals. But I think Eng- England's biggest problem is going to be, again, creating chances against the bigger teams. And um, I still don't know if they have an answer to that. Maybe Cantwell can be that answer. Oh, we can only hope so. Um, do you... Well, I can only hope so. You don't give a shit. Uh, I really don't. Yeah, <laughs> see. Uh, three keepers. Who do you put on the plane? Go, go ahead and hit me with it. I'll go from third to first, yeah? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so I'll go Nick Pope, number three. Oh, God. Um, I'll go Jordan Pickford, number two. And uh, my boy, Dino <laughs> from Sheffield United, on loan from Manchester United. Dean Henderson <sighs> should be England's number one. You're going to start, everyone's going to start Pickford because they want to. Uh, but that's stupid. I'd rather start. I'd rather start Henderson, too, to be completely honest. Like, like it, 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 he's had. Really you know what? This is what happened. I think in two thousand six, where, what two thousand six, two thousand ten, two thousand ten, when, the when the Rob Green nonsense happened, 
right? Like, Why wasn't Joe jo- Hart? The Joe first? Hart should have been the number one goalkeeper for England. He was he was in the best form that Joe Hart yeah. has ever been in, <laughs> and it, it, he was better. And it, they were just like, no, we're gonna gonna respect seniority. And, and you saw what the fuck that did. And it's like the problem is when that happens, the way English media treats the whole situation is like they pile on all the pressure. So I think and Jordan Pickford does not do well under pressure. Not at all. I, so. Like and that is like. That's a like tangent, but like I feel like there are people who could have been better for England if the English media had never come after them and put so much pressure on them. But that's a whole different story for a whole other day. And Gerard could have had a better career. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could have had a better career for England. Yes, I mean anyone could have had a better career. I could have had a better career. No, lift your ACL, don't give up, right? <laughs> My meniscus, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you're seeing and kind of going down the table and just like looking at the teams you're seeing a, a resurgence in Arsenal like they haven't lost in 2020 yet yeah which is surprising um, but Arteta doing his magic um, Everton starting to take some shape under Ancelotti which can be very interesting for the rest of the league and th- <laughs> The weird part is there's still only like 10 points or something separating Burnley to Chelsea, which is like 14th to 4th. So, it, say like United loses two games on the, in a row and like some teams win, United could be sitting out there in 12th and Arsenal could be sitting in 5th. So, <clears throat> I think this break coming up is at a very pivotal time for a lot of teams. Yeah. For someone like an Arteta... This is going to give him the time to instill his philosophy in a little bit more um, non-match day situation where they're not as much preparing for somebody else. You, you can get a bit more tactical in training. Yeah. yeah. You, you can start implementing your principles and whatnot. Um, same with Ancelotti, I think. Uh, yeah, two and managers who need to You that. have Man City who, for them, they're going to get the players back. I think um, Sheffield United... Leicester City and Wolverhampton Wanderers, all these three teams that have European aspirations right now when you look at them, th- this break, again, helps them out a lot because their players will also get a rest and, you know, will be ready to keep going for the grind, I guess, in the second half of the season. The the three teams you just mentioned, I think that break might benefit them just a wee bit more because they're already kind of tactically in place. Now they just get to rest and then go play that brand of football at full speed. Dude, there are five teams on 30 points. <laughs> like SEC football baby catch the fever that's what it feels like <laughs> I mean I think it, it's it's also funny because they're so erratic everybody's forms like they well, win games they shouldn't they lose games you don't expect them to and you're like what the fuck is going on even even like you feel like you're like it's a relegation six pointer and then like it's a draw or you're like this is a game that someone should go like, out and smack we, somebody we talked shit about Southampton early on in the season and we and Southampton right now are at 31 points yes in ninth place I mean the goal difference is fucking atrocious minus 11 <laughs> but like they're they're winning games dog <laughs> sometimes goal differential doesn't matter as long as you can get that three points uh I like it's gonna be madness. Like, if the if the results it, it keep because normally if you had thirty two points, everybody considered you safe, right? Oh. It. I don't know if 
having just 32 is going to be enough. I think 40 points at the very least. I guess that is the new um, relegation safety situation. So, But for, te- for, for teams like Burnley and uh, Newcastle, I think Newcastle have picked up a couple of wins recently, but they will need to string a couple more results together. And so will team like Burnley at home especially and for them there was a big result at United so they only need to capitalize on that and then there and then there are these six teams that you just don't know how to assess Brighton Aston Villa West Ham Bournemouth Watford Norwich like Norwich you see the principles there you don't know how the fuck they're gonna do that they just don't have the players in my opinion as of right now yeah um, Watford quite the resurgence, but now maybe they're gonna starting start to go back to what Watford were. Bournemouth, Eddie Howe, don't really, and their players are getting fit. So again, they, they're another team that yeah. And so same with Watford, like their players are getting starting to get fit. So Troy Deeney, yeah, can come in and do his magic. And then you have West Ham that you know David Moyes special could have. He's gotten relegated before he can get relegated again. And then you have uh, Aston Villa who had that brilliant win today. But they could end up getting relegated and uh, being in the Europa League if they win the League Cup. Good Lord. And then Brighton again, one of those teams. At home, they're good. Away from home, they're not very good. Of all the teams, like, it's weird that... It's weird to say that out loud, but, like, even to, like kind of put it like this, Brighton is the team I feel the safest about. Because I think they just play the kind of, I don't want to say bland because that makes me sound like a jerk, but like the kind of basic idea of football that can get you through a league and, you know, not not guide you to anything, can guide you solidly to mid-table. And for a team like that in order to grow, maybe you got to sit there for a hot minute to get the funds in. So I think out of all those teams you just listed, I feel like Brighton is the only one that I can kind of feel safe about being, yeah, I think they'll be fine. The rest is very, very interesting. Like, I don't want to say cannon fodder for the other teams, but like, because there's so much parity at that bottom half, like, somebody, Watford could show up and beat, you know, somebody 3 0 in the day. There's too much to, there's too much between Probably them to even know now. Huh? I said probably Man United, but <laughs> good point. But I, th- I I agree with you. I think um, Brighton could be that team, but I don't quite see that just yet. But maybe you see something in Brighton that I just don't see they, as of right now. They look steady, just like the thing is, they don't look that steady. They lo- you think they look steady because you've seen them worse, so. <laughs> they look steady in comparison to what I thought of Southampton in the beginning of the season. So, but I do think Leicester City, for all the shit that we've talked about them, unless there's like an absolute collapse, I think they should be fine. I just want to make sure, like, I think that's going to be the squad going forward as long as they can make sure people keep their. They just got to offer money. If they keep that together, this could be a team who might be able to do things in the next couple seasons. Hey, let's hope they don't make this league into a Liverpool dominant league. So it with that I don't really have a lot more to add to that conversation. I think for the Premier League, the FA Cup games were fun. Harry Maguire scored like an absolute screamer. 
Um, the FA Cup games were not fun. Strawberry, Shrewsbury. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, strawberry feels forever? Lit. Uh, like how? I honestly uh, like, can't, even, it, I can't the, even explain it. You, like, you know what the crazy part is? It's not like Klopp respected the game. Like it wasn't like he put out Salah and shit like early on. He he was like, All right, I'm gonna send out the kids. Yeah. <laughs> send right? out the kids with a couple senior players so they can feel like and, they're and, playing the real match. And he sent out the senior players who were coming back from injuries. It wasn't even like they were players who needed game time. I mean yeah. they need a game time, but like not because of anything else. And yeah. they drew the game. Y'all blew that fucking game. It, like it, it could have been over. But credit to Shrewsbury that they played really they, they well. They played to the end, and I yeah. can't fault them. I mean, that. if they had if they had taken their chances early on in the game, it could it, it could have been, been, been very interesting could've for been Liverpool. Very bad. And I, again, like they, it wouldn't be very bad for Liverpool, but it could have right. gone a little bit bad. But <laughs> badish. Yeah, and then for him to come out and make that statement, like, bro. The and the thing is, you guys are playing more games than everybody else, because. You won the Champions League last year. You had to go for the Club World Cup. Like, it's not like you guys are playing futile games. And I think him coming out and making a statement like that is kind of stupid. Granted, I do agree the replays are fucking stupid. Like, just go go straight to pens. I finish mean, it off. It, like, yeah, it, there's no need to go to replays. Replays should end after the fourth round. Like, they're supposed to end after they, this. There should not be any replays whatsoever. Like, the, I know every, it's the quote-unquote magic of the FA Cup, but like, come on. I wasn't going to say like the magic. players are getting dropping like flies. That is very true. I, that's just a. This is one of the things that <laughs> happens that when the talent gets kind of diluted around the league, you cannot have just like a second team that easily to play. So. I. I really wish I had something to like counterpoint you, but I'm going to give you all these points. Like you're kind of right. Like I. I'm also someone who enjoys the magic of the FA Cup, so just keep the replays until the fourth round. Like, just let let me have my replays, bruh. It makes it what it is. And then go straight to pens like the League Cup and still, like, play away matches in tiny, tiny stadiums. I think... Except it, for Shrewsbury. I think... They, <laughs> <laughs> um, Lovely tiny little stadium. I will say, though, when I saw uh, Tremere Rovers' pitch, I was just like, this might end up being a fucking disaster if we concede <laughs> the first goal. Like... The pl- it was muddy, like it was bad. So you know how, like, occasionally you'll have those nights where you get down the football train. You're like, I want to watch match of the day from 1973. That's what that pitch looked like. <laughs> it was just like, oh, y- y'all just playing in the mud. This this will be fun. I mean, Phil. I mean, was there a rugby game here last night? That, look at the goal scorers that were Man United. <laughs> I mean, Harry Maguire first goal. Phil Jones, I think, first goal in six years. Um, Jesse Lingard, first goal in, like, 15 years. Um, <laughs> you had... Uh, who else scored? Martial scored a goal. Can, can we can we go back to the most important one? Phil Jones? I mean, yo. Fucking Phil... This dude, Phil Jones, who, like... I'm not even trying to be mean to him, but, like, for y'all, he is my least favorite player because he actually... I feel like he actually makes you guys worse. <laughs> Like, he bothers me so much. Also, his faces are amazing, though. They are pretty amazing. But I think FA Cups... And 
it's it's going to be a testing time for all the uh, Premier League teams to see how many of them uh, can come up after the replays and see all the if they really want to progress. You know, much like what Klopp said. And on the other side, you have uh, kind of like Northampton United, Derby County playing it out to play Man United, and you could see Wayne Rooney against Man United. So. That's those are things that happen in the FA Cup, and I would love to see a, a FA Cup final uh, of Leicester City against Derby County, just to have Wayne Rooney and Jamie Vardy, and then you have a separate pay per view on <laughs> the, the sidelines of uh, Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney just fighting it out on the sidelines. And people are like, I, that's what we want to watch. I mean, if they're going to be in the same stadium, just to, like, can I get E live coverage of that to just, like... Also, if you don't know the story between those two, please go look it up. I'm not even going to explain it. It might be the greatest English tabloid drama of all time. Hands down. Definitely up there. So, <laughs> with that, I again, uh, not a lot to add. On Thursday, we will be back. Hopefully, Britain's back, and we will be covering... All the big games. I think City Spurs is up on Sunday. So that's going to be a good game. United take on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Maybe, maybe, maybe Bruno Fernandes makes his debut. Next thing you know, he's a Tottenham Hotspur player. So <laughs> Sky Sports hits me up in the middle of the night. He's going to Tottenham. Romano still hasn't said, uh, here we go. So still, I'm still not going to believe it. But We got to get the t-shirts made, man. Also, just because it's transfer season and like we didn't, we don't necessarily record podcast during transfer season. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Romano. He has revolutionized the way people look at soccer transfers. Like there was never one person that you looked at and you were like, "Okay, like he's the guy." He is Romano the guy. Romano bomb. <laughs> they like, and in this age where you want the kind of like the instant gratification of that and this guy has such a great reach on multiple teams get your get your twitter follows ready y'all like dude's gonna break some big news he might even break news about your club Bayern Leverkusen Borussia Dortmund Lille <laughs> yep Nice I'm just naming clubs now let's go ahead and wrap it <laughs> what did I, I say earlier <laughs> uh, uh, Adelaide United Perth Glory. Um, there we go. <laughs> one of the last uh, things, by the way, for all United fans out there, there was an attack on Edward Ward's house. And the only thing I will say is stop being stupid. Like, you know, when you chant things and you protest, you know, walkouts and all that kind of stuff, it's all, that's all okay. But when you actually start taking action, that's not. And absolutely fucked up what's happened uh, putting it on social media yeah. like and not even that just like why are you trying to do that like he's got kids it's it's one thing to chan and i'm i'm sure that his family like if he's seen in manchester like people yell at him and shit but like come on let's let's not get too personal let's be what you say in the stadium like, you know, you're chanting things. Don't stop. Like, if you're going to take it that literally, like, then that shit's going to stop. You, yeah, you can't. Like, it's a song that's been sung back in the day. And it's. Not, I'm not saying that that's okay. But people have sung this and this has never happened before. 
Yeah. So now it's, it, it just feels like there are a bunch of fucking people trying to get some social media clout. Being like, yo, because why else would you fucking post it? Like, you're committing a crime. You're about, like, you are going, you're to, going be, to jail. You're going to jail. Like, you're going to You jail. are taking on, like, regardless of what you think of him, he's one of the most powerful people in football. He is the CEO of the third biggest club in the world. Or like the second big, or whatever the fuck it is. He's he's in charge of one of the biggest businesses in sports in the general sense. Don't do dumb things. Look, even the, even if it was just like a fucking Huddersfield um, CEO, like don't do that shit. Yeah, just, like you know, you want to show your displeasure, saying like you know, do all that nonsense. Don't buy a kit, leave the it, stadium. Yeah, but like don't, don't do all this nonsense. So um, I will say uh, on the first of February when we play Wolves. It is going to be the Munich Memorial game. So it'll be interesting to see if the Man United walkout happens. But not so great times at Manchester United right now. And we shall see if uh, this forces somebody's hand to do something. I hope something And hopefully changes. all these people do go to jail, by the way. like I, And get banned from fucking Old Trafford. Like, this is ridiculous. You can't go to Old Trafford. Eddie had... Can't go nowhere. Y'all yeah. got another team I don't even know. But they can't go in that same either, bro. Yeah. Salford City. There you go. Or all them. <laughs> so, with that, it brings us to an end of this Tuesday edition of the Football Academy. We'll be back on Thursday, and we will see you on the other side. Mamba forever. Mamba out. <laughs>